Ever since I got here, I could tell that there was something wrong. Not the job, not the cold, not being isolated. But feeling. Now, I'm telling you. I've seen something out there in the snow. I want to show you. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 194. Welcome back to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. We're on today's episode. We're getting down on a little bit of. Oh, hold on, I'm getting to it. Cold. <laughs> what the fuck? There's, there's literally nothing that funny right now. <laughs> there was several things, and I'll explain it in a second. Cold brutality. Yeah. Cold brew. Brutality. Brutality. Cold brutality. So it's like, it's, either, it's like brutality that's cold, or it's the tally of your cold brews. <laughs> right? Co- the ta- Not the tally, the well, tality. The, well, it could be the tally. Tality is not brutality. a word. Cool. Cold brutality. Well, no. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> so, what was so funny is that. Oh God! I, usually, you have like a a snarky little lead up to whatever I'm gonna say, but because we came up with the title 15 seconds ago, you're just like, <laughs> it was it was in what you said and also what you did with your hands, where I was just like, this is this is all bad. I did the <laughs> you're whole, just like. like you're like, we're today, we're getting down on a little, like, why are we getting down on cold brutality? And then you, you went like this with your hands. It's, it's, <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know, spirit fingering myself. <laughs> You're, it's like, it, it was like you were showing me a trophy, but you <laughs> have nothing. It was my cold brew trophy. <laughs> oh, God, what's going on, guys? I'm Mike. Oh, I'm Jim. Wow, that, I'm Jim. You sounded, you sounded like uh, being Mike today was just... The worst thing ever. I can't do anything right for you. We're already two minutes in. You've already. <laughs> You're like, well, what's up today, guys? I'm I'm Mike. Oh, it's fucking hot in here. How about I'm that? Mike. It's not. It is. I'm. See, I'm hot this week. I disagree with everything yeah. about you today. Oh, here. Let me just start this off right too. So you're kind of a piece of shit, huh? What? What I do? You. So Mike. Mike tells me he's like, you got to see this it's Instagram page. It's called. Kids getting hurt. <laughs> it's so good. Which sure sounds delightful, parts right? Of it, parts of it are good, at least. <laughs> some some of these videos are not funny. Like, I there was I, maybe it's just because I have kids and you don't, and and, and it's like I I saw some of them and I'm just like, oh, that's awful. This is my like hearing the sound of a child cry and I'm in distress and I'm like oh my god and that one that one video of like a seventy pound dog so that one was bad sprinting around bad. in a backyard with a little toe headed kid and it's like and it slams into the kid and the kid's head slams into the cement I'm like I don't and I don't her blame parents the dog, no, blame no 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 you don't they, blame they the, left no. the baby by itself in the backyard no you blame the parents who are filming it from the second story window like what were they expecting to happen yeah what'd you think was gonna happen. That's just weird. Like maybe like a weird thing where they just leave their baby out and film it. Like, I wonder what's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna catch the kid burglar in the neighborhood. The adventures of baby. <laughs> you just leave your infant sitting out by itself. 
in the sun. Uh yeah. It's still a funny it's it's still a funny Instagram page. I don't care what you say. I, I liked the one that I found. I love watching people eat shit and sometimes why do, do kids too. eat shit is just even more funny. See, I so. don't I don't fully disagree. Like when it's the circumstances of a kid getting hurt have to be very specific for me. <laughs> oh oh what are what are your specifics? There can't be any like really crazy like wailing crying like they're actually hurt. That bums that just bums me out. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are you looking at? Your microphone is completely cocked sideways. Oh, is it? It's because yeah. I usually do like a like. There you go. I usually do like a little sexy sort of. No, I don't. What am I talking about? I was, that was, I... <laughs> it's just because I had the uh, this little deal hmm. swung around the wrong way. Um, I don't know. It's like I, I like I like wholesome the wholesome kind of kid hurt videos, like oh, the, the oh. kind that they show on funniest home videos, like a little basketball with a face kind of thing. Right. But when it comes to adults, destroy them. I don't care. The brink of death. The, the more hurt, the funnier it is. That's why I love Live Leak so much. Oh my god, I've seen some shit on there, dude. Oh, I've seen some shit on there. Man, yeah. I can't believe that. Like, isn't that it? What? It, what is Live Leak even? It's literally it's just, videos. That it's like faces. Of, it's like yeah. faces of death, except Sometimes. for they. they they kind of pose as a semi news sort, not news so much. I've never, I've never thought of Live League as news. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mixing it you're up. You're thinking with, of World Star Hip Hop. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> that's of. news. World Star. World Star. <laughs> Some of those videos are brilliant too. Fun story. Uh, our buddy Ryan, yeah, who uh, was a good friend of ours. He he managed one of my bands in the past oh uh, yeah uh, he um i don't know if he still does but for a time he actually ran the world star webpage. fun story that's an interesting how did he get into that he, even he he's he started working for some management company and that was one of their accounts and he ended up taking it over weird yeah so it's yeah it's bizarre but <laughs> so he just had to comb through a bunch of fighting videos all day i don't long know what, what his role in exactly of picking <clears throat> stuff was but i know that he had control over most of you know the website see those are, i those, don't know the specifics of what his job was but i know that he had a part in it those are the kind of videos i like drunk people getting hurt yeah or drunk people fighting each other you know what i mean yeah like, that's the kind of shit i like, like bum fights ah, i don't know about bum no fights. actually bum fights are they're kind of a bummer to be honest with you you know what's funny dude no pun intended what did i hear just recently so the dudes <clears throat> so the so bum fights everybody agrees that was terrible right once sure. they actually found out what was going behind yeah. uh, going on behind the scenes like the, the one... dudes were pay, like like basically offering these guys what a couple bucks to seriously injure much. themselves or something much. like that the one dude that was the one bum that was uh I feel like it's politically incorrect to call him bum but like the Ooh, the one dude on the that, one yeah. dude that was like famous he was on a lot of the covers and all that stuff mm-hmm. he actually got like hooked up a couple years later um or, about, or a couple years ago rather uh he got like hooked up and he's like living a good life now and really? got, like he has a job and oh, a house that's cool. and like he's yeah he's doing good and it all spun from the bum fights thing i don't know thing? where it spun from i think somebody like found him and wanted to help the guy out or oh, something wow. like that or i don't know the exact story you can look it up online that's cool. I'm probably off in my <laughs> in my story but well i think that i think that at the, at this point in history everybody <gasps> everybody oh did you just use your bad nail to yeah, open that I did. why would you do that i don't know it wasn't full pressure um real, real quick side story <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago i bashed my finger really really tough between a 
huge piece of metal and a piece of concrete. I think we've talked about it on yeah, the show a yeah. little bit. Yeah, and it was doing good. And then today, I literally did something as stupid as let's try to like adjust my pants and pull them up. And I caught my nail like on my belt loop or something. Hold on, though. And it literally half pulled off my finger. Hold on, though. That's, That's your ring finger. Yeah. What are you doing opening a can with your ring finger? I don't know. I always do. You middle, open middle a, and ring. You open a can with your ring finger? Well, middle and ring. That's outrageous. <laughs> that's outrageous. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm stupid. Uh, but yeah, that sucked. And I'm waiting for it to fall off now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen one of these yeah. days. Yeah. It was doing so good, too. I know that you think that it's going to like just magically adhere back to the, the pulp underneath, but Listen, I don't think it is. I have a lot of Gorilla Glue, okay? I can mm. make it adhere. Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue. <laughs> gorilla Glue. You got to go crazy glue. I have that, too. Gorilla okay. glue is not the way to go. It's too, uh, it's too soft when it when it hardens up because it's still kind of tacky. But could you glue two gorillas together with crazy glue, and would that become gorilla glue? Glue. That's an interesting these, question. These are the thoughts, James. <laughs> I want. Could you? Uh, where did you get the gorillas? Borrowed them from the zoo. We just went, hey, Quish, Quisha, come on, come on over. <laughs> I got something to ask you. <laughs> Why did your voice go up so high? <laughs> I got something to because that's how that's how I would sound if I was face to face with Quisha. Yeah, that's fair. Because I'd be Quisha's, terrified. Quisha is a big bitch. He's a, well, or he. I always I always think it's a she. Quisha is all that is man. He is except yeah. for he, he's a great ape, and but he, he's also and, all that is man. And I'm fairly certain he wants to mate with your wife. Hell yeah, he does. I'm fairly <laughs> fairly certain every that's time so we go weird. to the zoo. <laughs> Him and He's that fucking, uh, him and that um, sloth bear. Sloth bear! <laughs> they both love her for some reason. That sloth bear does, I don't know, I, I, I feel like she could be tempted by the sloth bear, though. Have you seen that thing's tongue? It's very cute. It's And it does have a, a very impressive tongue. Huge tongue. tongue. <laughs> <laughs> huge. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of bestiality, how's your week been? Ah, uh, man, just really good. Yeah, kind of. I mean, not bestiality necessarily, but I've been doing a lot. Of Just a little bit, not not. Completely. I've been doing a lot of leather work, and then I've been. Um, I I had to give myself a break from the office, not for like any particular reason, but just because I've watched the entire series like fifteen times at this mm -hmm. point, and I'm like, I need to watch something else while I'm doing leather work. So, so I watched the uh, the entire the the first three Karate Kid movies. Okay. Um, what about the uh, Hillary Swank one? I haven't watched that one yet. I don't think it's on Netflix, but I'll check. Um, and then you got that Jaden one, man. I like that movie. I haven't seen it. Except for, it's pretty good, except for <laughs> the final, so like the crane kick, like what's what's the equivalent of the crane kick in that movie mm -hmm. is ridiculous. What is it? Dumbest thing ever. He essentially... <laughs> He essentially does like a, I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I've only seen it once, but he does sort of the crane kick, but he's faced away from the other dude. He's faced away from his opponent, and he's like looking, so like his back is to the person, mm -hmm. and it's almost like he's using his instincts to know when the guy's coming at him, and then he does like a full backflip and kicks the dude in the face. Like the the Cause, thing, the cause thing that about seems like something that could happen. The <laughs> thing about the crane kick in the original Karate Kid was it was so unassuming. Like you're standing there in that weird position, mm -hmm. you know. Even though the rules are pretty clear in Karate Kid that there's not supposed to be any contact to the face. Yeah, 
That was illegal contact to the face, so he technically should have been docked a point rather than given a point. True, but that would defeat the whole point of the movie, so we're going to let it slide. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the second movie, when they go to Okinawa, that's a good movie, too. The third movie is just batshit crazy. I don't know that I've ever seen the third movie. The third movie, so John, come to, come to think of it, so John Kreese, uh, Co- the Cobra Kai mm-hmm. guy, is back in it, and he was originally supposed to have a bigger part, like it was supposed to be his big revenge, but he was uh, already tied up filming something else, so they brought in this other dude to play uh, Terry Silver, and he is just the weirdest character. And then, you know how in the first two movies, there's a love interest between Daniel and, you know, some, the first movie, it's Elizabeth Shue, yeah, and then the yeah, second yeah. movie, it's a girl that he meets in uh, Kamiko in, in Okinawa. Yeah, he gets around. In the third movie, they set it up as though there's a new love interest, and he meets this girl, and he's like, oh, man, they're really hitting it off. And then she basically says, like, oh, you can take me out tonight. It's the first time they've ever met, and he's like, okay, I'll come get you at seven. And then when she when he shows up to pick her up at her house, she walks out and she goes, I don't want to lead you on. I have a boyfriend. And then for the rest of the movie, they're just really good friends. And then with 15 minutes left in the movie before he even goes and does his main fight, she just leaves to go back to Ohio or whatever. Oh, well, it's because she was from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, where, where the fuck... Yeah, it was. I think it was Ohio. And and he he harnessed the power of the blue balls, and but that's what I, that's what that's what made him. Well, I was it's, so powerful. It at the seemed end. like I was like I was like this seems like such a weird choice for them to do in this movie. It almost seems like they wrote it on the fly, and they basically did. Yeah, because the girl who plays the the friend, she was sixteen at the time, mm-hmm. and Ralph Macchio was twenty seven. Oh. so they said. So they said that's not. He was supposed to be playing an eighteen year old. Danny Russo, yeah, Russo is only supposed to be why would 18. They cast why would they so cast young? a 16 year old? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. But it's 27 playing so an 18-year-old. They, so they cast her and they're like, well, we can't do love scenes between these two. That's weird. So yeah. so they basically on the fly rewrote it to be just oh, they're, kidding. Oh, they're just, just, friends. Kidding, just friends. So he goes to pick her up for a date and she goes, Oh, uh, by the way, I don't want to lead you on, but I have a boyfriend. Wait, wait. So let me get this straight. Ralph Macchio, at 27 years old, got stood up by a 16-year-old girl with a boyfriend. That is correct. That's. Is this a documentary about my life? <laughs> you dating a lot of 16-year-olds, are you? <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> on <Wait>. accident? <laughs> Hold on. Clear the record. <laughs> Clear the record real quick before we move on. Um, Michael has only dated... One 16-year-old. And that was when I was 16. And it was when he was 27. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm gonna. This, this podcast is gonna get me in trouble. All I right. never dated a 16 year old, for the record. Not even when you were 16. Not even when I was 16. Really? I don't know that I had my my first like steady girlfriend until. No, it probably was around 16. Because <clears throat> I was a I was a sophomore in high school. My first like serious girlfriend. I dated. So that would that would have been 16. I was a freshman in high school, but she was a sophomore. No, that would have been 15, actually. Yeah. So the like only 15. 16 year old I ever I've ever dated was when I when I was 15. Yeah. I, so, fond, you know, I, I like the older ladies. I have fond memories of that time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? I was gonna say, do you want to explain? But I don't want you to because 
We're still talking about when you were 15 years old. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm saying I found memories. It was a fun time. Okay. High school was fun. High school was fun. Did you... So you hung out with the AV club, you, right? You made this sound real weird for a second. You, why? <laughs> I'm not the one who said that... You, I'm not the one who said... <laughs> There's a hole here, and I'm just splashing around to the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I peaked. Can you... Oh. I feel like I'm all gainy again. No. What's you, with sound, our, you sounded fine on the last... What's with uh, our mix? You sounded fine last... What's with our so. mix? I don't know. All right. Uh, so, actually, uh, I didn't even ask you. Have you been doing anything other than dating 16-year-olds? Um, no. No. Oh. Actually, it's been a pretty boring week, to be completely honest with you. Has it been boring? Oh, 4th of July happened. <laughs> hey, we had 4th of July last week. Uh, yeah. That was Did Saturday. We, oh, yeah. We uh, lit we, off some fireworks and went for a bike ride. It was cool. Called the fire department on some house that was lit, lit, oh, lit on yeah. fire. Oh, yeah. Something about me, you, and PJ being together. We always come across fires. Yeah. Because we we saved a, th- what was it, a thrift store? Uh, yeah. Yep. We, we saved well, a thrift we were, store We were driving one down one of the mile roads, and we saw an entire thrift store on fire. Yeah. So we called on that, and they uh, put that out. And then we were riding our bikes the other night, and... Uh, Some yeah, assholes, they're fu- they they lit off, it had to be hundreds of fireworks, right? Because that whole pile was oh, all yeah, fireworks. Oh, yeah, it was huge. It was huge. And then they just swept it out into the street. Which without lot, without like dousing it in water yeah, or anything like that. A lot of like people that. leave it in the street for because it gets picked up, but they didn't douse it in water or anything. And as we were riding by, one of them like relit, and you could see the super bright magnesium burn, and we're just like, "Oh shit!" It wasn't one; it was like smoldering when we went when we were coming up to it, and then all of a sudden flames started to come out of it. We're like, what "Yeah, f- like what are you idiots doing?" So we went. It was like one thirty in the morning. We went and knocked on their door, and nobody nobody answered. Uh, so we just called the, called the fire department. And woke up the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. The whole, it's funny, like watching, watching the whole neighborhood kind of come to their windows and then gradually start to come outside. Some weird dude walked up to us in his underwear. What's going <laughs> I on? I, I don't even talk to these people. Like they had hundreds of people here earlier and I'm like, dude, stop talking to me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Was he Hank Hill? I'm trying to. <laughs> I was just trying to talk to them about propane and propane accessories. <laughs> just as long as it stays with <laughs> Mr. Big. Uh, so, yeah, we helped uh, We helped our neighborhood not burn down. That was pretty cool. We did our due diligence. And then... Uh, it was a problem that needed some uh, correcting. Speaking of corrections... Oh, dude. Wow. I'm putting it down. You're picking it up. I'm nice. Like that. All right. By that lovely sound, uh, clearly... Terrifying. We were angels last week it's terrifying every time it happens <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a yakking yak um, <laughs> yakety yak don't call him back um yeah no i didn't have anything i actually listened to the episode one and a half times and i didn't pick up anything why on earth would you do that because i wanted to make sure we didn't get anything wrong james so you listened one and a half times yeah wow it's called responsibility cool man i have none <laughs> <laughs> sing it from the rooftops james um Anyway, uh, since there's no corrections, what are we doing this week? James? So this week we are uh, we are getting in, into some cold brutality. Uh, with uh, um, 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 yeah, you go you yep. go grab the beer. The beer works nicely 
It's it's paired nicely, almost like a like a fine wine and a chunk of cheese. <laughs> if you're if you're nobody it, understands that. Reference. If you're if you're Mike in a rap song, oh. <laughs> it's like a hold on. It's like a it's like a side. Is it, did you say a side of wine and a chunk of cheese? <laughs> Who gets a side of wine? <laughs> all of the uh, all of the salmon salad with a side of wine. <laughs> Man. Uh, one of these days we'll finish that and put it on here. Probably not. <clears throat> um, so anyway, this this week we uh, we watched a movie called Cold Skin mm-hmm. from 2019. I believe so. We could be wrong. I will. Uh, I will double check that. Keep talking. Uh, and also the last winter from 2006. Um, and to go along with that, Michael from uh, local brewing heroes. Cold Skin was from 2017. Oh, 2017. Wow. Yeah. All right, from uh, local local brewing heroes, Baffin Brewing yeah. Company. I didn't bother getting the uh, growler of it this time because last time that growler met a uh, bad demise a couple weeks afterwards. Oh, yeah, did you? I'm still feeling that one. Did you? Uh, is that another? Is, is that another Baffin one on top of your fri- no, fridge? No, up no, there? that's just another older one. All right, so from Baffin <coughs> Brewing Company, this is Baffin. Bob Barley Cold Brew Coffee Stout. Coffee. Coffee. Coffee Stout. It's a cold brew. So, uh. Because it's cold. Yeah. Because our movies were cold. It's super cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see what we. Uh, there's, there's some on the package, I think. Uh, there's something on the can as well. Oh, okay. Uh, Bob Barley is brewed with the finest hand-selected coffee from a small batch roaster in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit! Roasted to perfection, we cold brew the coffee directly into the beer to create a smooth, velvety feel with a bold, stout taste. Uh, And then if you want to know a little bit about Baffin, a hobby quickly turned into an obsession as we worked diligently to hone our craft as brewers. Years later, that energy is still going. Founded in 2015. 2015 already? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Our goal here at Baffin Brewing Company is to make the best beer we can with the freshest freshest ingredients we can find. Sourcing grains, hops, yeast, fruit, and spices from all over the world and right here in Michigan. Come visit our tap room. I really do love the, uh, the Baffin tap room. It's a nice little spot. Yeah, it's awesome. If anybody uh, is playing the the drink along game with us, you probably will not be able to find this in your neck of the woods because it literally only exists in one little tap room that is down the street from us. Yeah, so uh, it's I, kind of an exclusive to like us. they just they just started like kind of getting their mango unchained up in different parts of Michigan. Which I think all their canned brews are eventually. This is their third. This is their third one What's now. The, what was the second one? They did a... Um, Mango Unchained was their first one, Mango right? Unchained was the first one. Uh, actually, this might have been the second one, and then there's a third one that, that's been out, and I forget what it is now, mm. but... Let's give this a try. I've had this before. It is delicious. Cheers. Oh, there's no no sound. That's sad. Mmm. Yeah, we usually got the coffee next to us. And then the beers. Yeah. We're combining them this week. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. I like coffee coffee stouts though. Yeah. Or coffee beers in general. But yeah. That's uh that's uh It's really it's very coffee forward. Some coffee stouts are more 
they taste like just a standard stout with a hint of coffee. Yeah. This tastes like coffee. This basically tastes like... I'm saying coffee Coffee. Now. You... Why, why no, saying, that was on purpose, that last no, one No, it was did? not. No, it was not. You didn't just say coffee Oh, well, on that purpose. one, yeah, but I said it tastes like coffee. Like, <laughs> I'm doing it, like, unintentionally now. Tastes like a nice, smooth cup of coffee, what, like, you know? Fucking New York City, fucking, huh? Fucking, uh... Let's go, over a- to, let's go over to fucking St. Clair Shores and get ourselves <laughs> a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> get some coffee and a nice slice of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Who eats coffee and pizza? Dude, that'd be delicious. What? Yes. You think so? Yes. Coffee and pizza? A slice of pizza with a nice Italian roast? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, James. Look at that. French, not French, oh, French bread pizza with a French roast? <laughs> James, come on. Colombian roast with, with cocaine, some nice cocaine <laughs> on top of pizza. Top of pizza. <laughs> what is this parmesan? No, it's <laughs> cocaine. It's a nice uh, parmigiano and cocaine mix. This is the uh, this is the what, what's the Tony? Uh, this is the Tony Montana margarita pizza. Tony Montana, <laughs> you cockroach. <laughs> cockroaches and cocaine. <laughs> oh man. I feel like we took we took a sip of the beer and I feel like we just came alive. I don't know what it is. I uh I came alive. You know what? Don't don't finish that. <laughs> okay. Don't finish that. <laughs> anyway, uh, cold skin and cold the, skin and uh, and the, uh, and the last winter. That's what we're drinking. That is what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. All right, James. Now that we're uh, now that we're revved up, you know, we're like a we're like a, a two-stroke motor. You know, you, you pull it a bunch of times, doesn't start, and then when it finally does, you're like, yes, now I can weed whack with perfection. What? <laughs> Did it work today? I don't know. No, no, no. Um, okay. <laughs> I got weird all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> if that's your weed whacker, where's your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace this week. Oh too. God. <laughs> All right, let's get... Uh, Actually, this is a big one. Rest in peace this week to uh, composer Ennio Morricone. Um, Close. Ennio. Ennio? Ennio Morricone. Er, Morricone, I'm sorry. Morricone. He's he's Italian. Uh, 91 years old. This guy filled his bag to the brim. Hey, it worked that time. That was a good way of saying it. It, It's... It's so weird. I know. I still don't like it, though. I gotta come up with something better. Uh, 91 years old. Um... The uh, Morricone was legendary. Legendary. Um, he had over 500 film credits Good to his Lord. name. Uh, for that, um, a lot of them earlier in his career were Italian films, which makes sense because he's Italian. Because he is Ennio Morricone. And uh, I don't know any of them. However, <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, his list of scores is like is is miles long. Uh, a couple that you may have heard of, uh, like A Fistful of Dollars, mm-hmm. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Once Upon a Time in the West, the classic Sergio Leone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Untouchables, classic flick. Uh, Roman Polanski's Frantic. Uh, he did a version of Hamlet. He was also no stranger to the world of horror, scoring films like uh, Nightmare Castle, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Cat of Nine Tails, Four Flies on Gray Velvet. You can see a theme here, Mr. Argento. <laughs> uh, and then arguably my favorite, John Carpenter's yes. The Thing. Mm. However... Even the greats got some bumskis in their in their resume. Yeah. He also did The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. 
we'll forget about that. Well, one. hold on, hold on. But the score could have been good. Yeah, I forget. I, forget I haven't what seen the, the heretic was. in uh, well, since, we, since we did yeah. the since we did the the retrospective. But the music was probably if That's it was probably his, true. it That's was probably, probably good. Okay, throw it's it back just, It's just that the movie is awful. So here's some here's some trivia for you though. Uh, he was nominated <laughs> for his very first Academy Award in 1979 for Terrence Malick's uh, Days of Heaven, uh, and would go on to be nominated four more times uh, in his career. Uh, in 2006, he received the Academy Honorary Award that was in recognition for his magnificent and multifaceted contributions to the art of film music. Mm. So that's basically the the Oscar that you get for everyone knows that you're a badass at what you do, but you've never <laughs> actually won. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, here's an Oscar for literally hey. everything you've ever done. Hey, sorry, fella. So that was when he was... Uh, that was uh, in 2006. Then... 10 years later, in 2016, at the age of 87 years old, hmm. he was nominated for a fifth time and won the Oscar for The Hateful Eight. Oh, nice. For uh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful yeah. Eight. And just to bring it all the way back around to, to our bring, neck of the bring woods. Bring it home. Bring it home. That particular score was comprised in part by pieces of unused music from his original score to The Thing. Really? So The Hateful Eight, basically the music is... From and then plus, or from and then added to the thing. Cool. Which is really awesome. Yeah, that's rad. Um, I need to go back. I've only seen The Hateful Eight once. Um, and I do remember the score being awesome because mm. that movie's just all talking. So the music in times really is what kind of kept it going or whatever. And yeah. like really, like it was the glue to the story. Sure. And it's it was fantastic. Um, let's see here. Moving on from that, from John Carpenter. To, oh, well, rest in peace. Rest in peace, uh, Ennio Morricone. Uh, before you move on from yep. the uh, deaths, did you hear about Naya Rivera? I did hear about that. Man, that is I did. awful, huh? I um, Yeah, I know her from Glee. I watched Glee when it was on TV <laughs> back when it first came out. Of course. I'm not, I was a band kid, of course. He was I a gleek. I was, a, not, I was not a gleek. You were a gleek. I was not. You and Brian, we were living at the harbors, and we, you guys listen, were total gleeks. The first, I'll say this, I will say this, and this is not to lose any crud here, right? But the first, like, season to two seasons, right? It was actually a pretty good show for what it was, and then it just got stupid. You say that as if you started off with any cred. Eh, uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> All I'm saying is that the, 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 the kids that they had on that show that were singers, they were good. They oh, were, yeah, They yeah, were yeah. really, really good. Yeah. I And a lot of the renditions were good. But then like, after a while, it just got stupid. And, and you know, um, I, I grew hair on my balls. Um, <laughs> yeah, that story, though, is, is awful. Yeah, like, she, she, uh, she basically went a, missing. She's on a rented boat with her four-year-old son. They found the four-year-old sleeping in the boat, and she was just missing, right? So him and her, apparently, according to him, I mean, it, I don't, you know. He's like, four years I'm, old, so. I mean, my daughter at, at four years old definitely could relay a story pretty well, mm-hmm. so I trust the kid's word. But apparently the two of them went into the lake together mm-hmm. for a swim, and he was wearing a life jacket, and she wasn't, and basically she just never came up. Did he climb back in the boat I himself? I think he climbed. That's, that's what I oh, gathered from the story. So how yikes. terrible is that? Like, how scared must that poor little baby have been? Like, he climbed Jeez. back on the boat by himself and then just curled up and went to sleep somewhere, not knowing where his mom was. 
Jeez. And then they found him sleeping on the boat a few hours later. That I makes what me want to cry, if she got, It's so I wonder if terrible. she got, like, like undertow. It was, I don't know what kind of a lake they were on. It was on, a small lake. I mean, it was relatively... Be, it's a deep lake. It's, like, a, I think 130 feet deep or something like that, but but a relatively small lake. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Mon- monsters. Of some lake kind, monsters. Obviously, yeah. 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 Lakey got her. Not, I mean, not to not to be disrespectful, but there's no, always but a part of me that there, yeah, sort no, of thinks I, that I, I kid, but like, no, that's, that's a, no, it's, it's an awful oh, dude, situation. That's so that, terrible, it, it sucks. Well, and it's I, I mean, like a lot of you know people think that they can because it could have been like she something simple, like she uh, wanted to try and help him back up on the boat, and she mm-hmm. just kind of like got gassed out. And just couldn't keep got, herself afloat anymore. You know what I mean? You know, like, it is middle of summer. She could have got her legs caught in some uh, vegetation. Sure, I've done that before. Yeah. We have a we have a, um, a Stony Creek, which is one of the metro parks around here. We've gone out there before, and we um, you can rent paddle boats in this area that you're not supposed to go swimming. Yeah, and of course, we jumped off the paddle boats sure. and went swimming. I do remember specifically a couple of years ago when we were doing that though that like the vegetation was so thick in some parts that like my leg actually did get caught in some seaweed, and I can one hundred. I mean, I was fine, but like, yeah. I can hundred percent see if somebody goes down too far, totally, and yeah. they get caught up and they can't get back up, and then they they struggle and then they they take a breath or whatever. And yeah, it, like, that can happen like that. Absolutely. Um, and it, like, yeah, a, and, and, and even if it tra- wasn't something like that, like I though. said, like I said, like you can get you can get gassed out and like and and be confident in your swimming skills, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you go, oh my god, I can't kick my legs anymore. Even, I can't keep myself afloat. Like even a world class sl- swimmer can drown in the right circumstances. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy, it's just, man. It, yeah, tragic. Yeah, and like I was watching the news when they officially announced that it was no longer a rescue. Uh, search and yeah. it was officially a, a recovery search. I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Yep, that poor little four-year-old boy lost his mom. He had no idea of, what was going on. So reminds me tragic. of um, there was a uh, uh, there was a, uh, a pro wrestler that died a couple maybe about a month and a half back or whatever. Um, he was part of a part of a tag team called Crime Time. Crime Time, which is one of the most racist blatantly racist things i've ever heard of in my life <laughs> what why because it was two black guys that were dressed up like like <laughs> ghetto gangbangers and they were called crime time it was horribly racist <laughs> um in my opinion at least i i just no part of me that doesn't think they weren't given that gimmick so whatever <laughs> i digress um his name was shed gaspard and he was out with uh, his kid and the dude loved his kid like he's like every social media post I, I i wasn't a big fan of him so i heard about this all after the fact but like Every social media post that he would have was always about how much he loved his kid. He was always, and he actually told his kid, I guess, according to his wife, he had told his kid that like a couple of weeks before the accident happened, he goes, "I might not always be here. Uh, I might, I might not always be here, but I will always love you," or something like that. He mm. said that to his kid, and then they're out in the, um, they're out on the beach swimming in the in the ocean. And uh, they got caught up in some undertow, and the Coast Guard had to come out and save them. And the Coast Guard came to him first, and he said, no, don't save me, save my son. Oh, and so they went over to get his son, and by the time they got to his son to get him in the boat, they went back for him, he was gone. Did they ever find him? Well, they, they washed up on shore, I think, a couple of days later. Oh, God. But yeah. But guys, awful, guy died man. saving his son, though. I mean, like, yeah. if there's... Not to say that there's a good way to go out, but I mean that's probably the most admirable way you could possibly go out. Well, know? yeah, I mean, oh god, that's but still, heavy, that, that's my point though. Is like, and he was a big jack dude, like was strong as hell. Yeah. that's kind of what my whole point of this was like. Even if you're in peak physical shape, water 
is nothing to fuck with. Yeah, that's dude. why I hate big open spaces of water. I'm like, I'm not even afraid to admit it. They freak oh, the, me out. Oh, the fucking ocean is unforgiving. Oh dude. yeah. Like when I was in Hawaii for my uh, um <clears throat> for my honeymoon, we went to the North Shore and they were the biggest waves I've ever seen. You scared the appendix out. And they weren't. <laughs> they weren't even that. They weren't even that big. They were probably like twelve, you know, twelve mm-hmm. foot swells or something like that. Yeah. There's a bunch of local people out there body surfing, surfing shit like that. I'm just on the I'm on the I'm like in the first You're 20 like, Fuck that. No, I actually went out into it. I I went out into it and the I have never I've never like I had thought that I had experienced undertow before, but I had not. Yeah. Not the way that the ocean gives you yeah. undertow. Like that's I was walking back up to the beach and I'm I'm in waist deep water. I I was like having fun crashing into these waves and stuff, and then I'm in waist deep water, walking back toward the shore. And every time a every time a wave would crash on the shore and then suck back from the shore, it fucking it pulls oh, you. Oh dude. yeah, it wants you. Oh sure, we it wants those, you to when die. Those waves crash. There's a circular motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. That ocean wants to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking. It's what it does. And then, and then add on top of that, like riptides. I've heard riptides are even worse. Yeah, I've never experienced that in my life. No. Um, they say that if you like get caught in a riptide, it'll literally like. There's no sense in trying to fight it. It will suck you a half mile out into the ocean. Yeah. So what you're supposed to do is actually swim sideways, uh, parallel yeah. to the Burp. to the yeah. shore until but, you don't feel the pull anymore, and then, and then swim, swim. But shit, like swimming against that parallel and then trying to swim back to shore that's probably it's enough still exhausting to, yeah that's yeah. probably oh, yeah. enough to take anybody out man yeah. that's that's scary yeah. shit yeah scary stuff so if water's you're out, nothing uh, to mess with if you're on the water be careful absolutely that's all we're gonna say here yeah all right let's see here moving on um rumor has it that uh so jj abrams rumor has it jj yeah. abrams is developing uh, a justice league dark show for Sorry. hbo max yeah which is uh pretty awesome yeah um and uh, rumor has it that in addition to his Justice League Dark Show, uh, his company Bad Robot is also developing a new live-action Constantine movie oh. for the HBO Max service. Right on. Um, now, nothing is set in stone here, right? However, Keanu oh. has said that he would love to come back and replay that character because he loved the character, loved the, the uh, world that the movie was set in. And he's all about it. And I'll be honest with you. A lot of times, I don't want to see older actors come back and play younger versions of those yeah. characters. I will watch Keanu at ninety years old play his younger roles. I don't care. Like a new Point Break with like a ninety-five-year-old Keanu. Oh, I'm man. in. I'm in. Point Break, <laughs> so good. And he'll still be doing all of his own stunts and probably doing like hell yeah crazy gunfights and martial arts and and whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm totally into that. I loved the original Constantine movie. I just thought it was stupid fun <laughs> yeah it was it was just it's it's very to me it's very like i kind of lump it in with the movie that we currently have on mm. end of days oh yes uh it's just got that same sort of early 2000s not a dog it's a devil <laughs> <laughs> it's got that same sort of the power of christ compels you <laughs> no go back down to hell It's got the same, like, you know how early 2000s horror had the same, like, it all had a very specific oh, sort yeah. of feel? Ots horror had the same kind of feel. Uh, well, not even horror, like, uh, like, like action films. They sure. all had the, and, yeah, yeah. And so Constantine, because I wouldn't necessarily say Constantine is horror. It's more action than it is horror. 
no, it's supernatural. It's, it's still, definitely like, supernatural. Well, just like I would say, this movie is more action than it is horror. I don't know if I would say that. It's a horror movie that has action in it. I think that I think I'd say it's an action movie that has horror in it. Yeah, I, mm, I disagree. Because this is a conversation for off air, but I disagree. I will, f- I will, fucking murder you. <laughs> I will f- fuck you. No, this is. Oh, really? <laughs> no, this is this is an action movie with horror elements. It's a horror movie with action elements, no, James. Oh dude, my god, that's crazy. That's crazy. You gotta talk. look at the overtone of the actual movie itself. The movie you, is about a guy that is fighting the fucking devil. That is horror written all over it. The no. fact that he shoots guns in the middle of it is just like the sprinkles on top of the cupcake. No. Yes. Okay, no. let's move on here. Okay. Um, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, Ryan Gosling was attached to star in the new Wolfman movie for Universal. Yeah. Uh, and now it is being reported that a director is in negotiations. And that director is none other than Lee Winnell. Hmm. We are big fans of Lee Winnell here at the Buzzkill Podcast. So... <laughs> This bodes well. Hey, don't lump me in with your bullshit. Hey, man. Um, no, I love Lee Winnell. I know you do, too. Um, so if him directing a Universal Monster movie with Ryan Gosling, shit, yeah. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, man. Why not? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, bummer for fans like myself uh, who love the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Yes, it's a show for tweens, but it's also <laughs> a show for adults. I'm confused. Um, <laughs> it was announced that the series is being canceled following its fourth upcoming season. Um, and they did say something. I, did, I was reading that the planned fifth season, so this, which proves that they got canceled. It wasn't just the end. Because yeah. they did have a fifth season planned. It was going to be a crossover season with uh, Riverdale, which is like a CW show. And I'm actually almost kind of happy that they stopped it yeah, before was, then. Because here's the thing. Say, who gives a shit Well, about here's that. the thing. Uh, the Sabrina comics, because that's where it started from, right? Uh-huh. The Sabrina comics were an offshoot of the Archie comics to begin with. Mm-hmm. And the Riverdale show is just the live-action CW version of Archie. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. yeah. So they the, the two worlds do belong together, but I was never a big Archie fan. And I, I watched, I think, two episodes of Riverdale, and I thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of happy that they avoided that, because I might just not have been a big fan of it. Speaking purely for myself here. It's all about you, isn't it, Mike? It is. Uh, Okay, speaking of some TV shows here, Robert Pattinson's The Batman uh, is looking to be awesome. That's my first sentence. It's looking to be awesome. I mean, it is. Everything we've seen, it looks fucking dope, right? (laughs) Um, Also awesome, it looks like we're also getting a spinoff show from that movie in the form of a Gotham City-based police procedural to be aired on... HBO Max. Uh-huh. Dude, they're getting everything. HBO Max is literally getting everything. What was that movie? What was the trailer we watched earlier? The Seth Rogen. Oh, that that uh, the pickle problem or the the pickle No. It was uh, American Pickle or Pickle Pickle American. What the hell was it? <laughs> it looked really good, Seth whatever Rogen it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's also on HBO Max. Like they're stacking the deck for themselves. Stack it up, baby. But um yeah, so we we got Gotham, which was the Fox show that was basically a police procedural that was set in Gotham. Yeah. But is that still on? No, no, that 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 ended a while ago. But if the Robert Pattinson movie, if you're going on that, that's a real bleak kind of you know, real gritty looking Gotham, this is going to be a completely different bag of worms. Yeah. So I'm like totally into it. Totally into it. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> 
What? The fact that you called it a completely different bag of worms. It is. I just, when I hear bag of worms, I I, I think of something different, but it doesn't oh, really matter. All right. I'm sorry. Um, it has to do with a disease. God, Jesus, James. Well, there's, no, there's literally, there's a there's a disease that afflicts oh. men. Called bag of worms? Well, it's... Is it when your ball bag fills up with worms? Basically, kind <gasps> of, yeah. It's a... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I, I was I, joking. I don't think it's epididymitis. It might be epididymitis, but if it gets... Or, uh, epi... Fuck, I can't remember. Uh, but, yeah, they basically say, <laughs> like, the way they diagnose it is... Does your ball sack look like a bag of worms? <laughs> Gross. Gross. I'm not into that. And so when you told me that Robert Pattinson's new show was going to be a completely different bag of worms, I'm like, well, oh, okay. Well, well. It's a completely different epididymitis. <laughs> um, I also didn't mention this because we were talking about HBO Max. That Constantine movie would be exclusive to HBO Max as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see here. Um, before we get to your blues, John Jarrett star of Wolf Creek, both the series and the movies. Yeah. Um, he has gone on to confirm that both the movie and the TV show have part threes in the works. Nice. They're just being held up by COVID right now. Oh. So we're going to be getting some new Wolf Creek in the uh, hopefully near future, which is fantastic. I caught up on the series, and it's so good. Oh, you did? It's on Netflix, or uh, Shutter. Shutter. It's so good. Fantastic. I highly recommend it. And it's cool that there's like two completely different like stories going on set in the same universe congruently and it doesn't even matter. Which is pretty awesome. Like it doesn't matter like you just sort of ignore it or it doesn't no, matter they, like they just, they just wrote it really well then. They wrote they just work together like yeah. well, like they, they take place a different part in uh John Jarrett's character's life and Mick uh Mick, Mick Taylor's life. Yeah. And you just accept it that it is what it is. It's just different stories that he's done through whatever. Right on, and it's and, and it rules. All right, James, what uh, what's going on on blues? Um, I have no blues to share with you. Oh, uh, what? But I will share with you something else because I want to avoid a correction for next week. Okay. Bag of worms. <laughs> I found it for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's called a varicocele. A ver varicocele. Okay. Bag of worms, varicocele. Bag of worms is a condition characterized by enlargement of the veins within the scrotum. The condition does not have anything to do with worms, obviously. Oh, well, thank God. But it is often called bag of worms because the scrotum can often feel like carrying a bag of worms. <laughs> what the fuck? That's, that's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I could look up more about how you let's get not, varicocele. Let's, let's not do that. I could also look up other uh, testicular afflictions if you'd like me to, and we could get into that for a while. No. How are you feeling about that direction? I think I just want to continue with my news. You do? Yeah. You're sure? I, I think I'm positive. Okay. I don't think the people want to hear about bagworms. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jesus bag James. bag of worms. All right, COVID. Uh, COVID is not stopping. Oh, um, so we want to hear about COVID? Yeah, though. yeah. Unfortunately, um, the COVID situation where we thought it was getting better uh, is, in this country at least, is just hey, wave two is coming. We all said wave two was going to happen in the country, and uh, here you go. Um, anyway, though, COVID is not stopping. Sang Ho Yun's Train to Busan sequel, Peninsula. 
Uh, and uh, you can expect it on 150 screens across the U.S. and Canada beginning August 7th. And then it will be on Shutter to uh, with Shutter to follow in 2021. Okay. But you know what happens just a couple of days before that, James? What's that? Your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go see Peninsula for my birthday on the big screen. No. Cool. <laughs> Okay. That's, that's cool. All right, cool. Cool, um, cool. The cool. forever the forever <laughs> the forever purge, the fourth in the purge series was originally supposed to be released uh today actually, July 10th. It's supposed to be out literally today. Yeah. Uh but it was pulled some time ago due to COVID. The new date a full year from now on July. Actually, not a full year. You don't have to wait a full year cuz it's going to be released July 9th. 2021. <laughs> so you only what's today? The 11th? Uh, today, 10th. Uh, well, it's technically, technically the 11th. Technically, it's the 11th now. We started the So you only time. have to wait 363 days. That's it. Okay. It's a, it's a steal. Are they, are they doing? Are they waiting a full year just because they specifically want it to come out in July? Well, sure. I feel like that movie wouldn't do well. That movie lives and dies on the holiday weekend, I feel. Lives and dies on Julys. <laughs> yes. Good tagline, James. <laughs> this is why they don't pay you the big bucks. Um, so the next two are bummers. The next two are bummers. Okay. Also being pushed back at least a little bit from September to October is Nick DaCosta's Candyman. Boo. Yeah. So Candyman just started ramping up with their teasers yeah. and their trailers and all that. Um, originally, it was supposed to be released already this summer. Then it got pushed back to September 25th. Now it's looking at, at an October 16th date. My guess... I mean, a Halloween season date is pretty cool, though. That's fine. I agree, as long as it can come out then. My guess is that they're not pushing it back a full year or anything because they probably want to capitalize on the overtones of that movie and the current social climate. Yeah. Let's be honest. People would go see that because <clears throat> of what's on everybody's minds right now with all the social things going on and everything else. And I was going to... I was... Like, when you were saying that, my my initial reaction was... That's kind of a shitty way to think about it. But then my secondary reaction is, well, people in Hollywood are shitty. <laughs> like, yes. They want to... Yeah. It's it's kind of a horrible way to think about it, really. Like well, they're, the, they're profiting they, off of... They want to exploit what's going yeah. on right now for their own good. And, which sucks, though, because the movie was made in a spirit that, like, celebrates the... Uh, not, not, not the badness, but it celebrates... The idea shining a light on these problems, right? right? Right. So the movie doesn't exploit it. However, I feel like the studio, yes, with their release date, right, is using something that is a positive light in all of this, but exploiting it all at the same time. <clears throat> this weird circle. It is. It's bizarre. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong on that. I, I'll, I'll be the first one to say this is all conjecture, but like, I hope I'm wrong. It's it's difficult for me to not see it like that, though. Well. Yeah, because here's the thing. Like you said, the movie, the mo- the movie in and movie. A, the movie in and in and of itself, like it, no matter when it's released, it would be uh, it would it would shine a light on you know certain sure. certain issues that we're dealing with in the country. No matter if it was released right now or if it was released a year from now, mm-hmm. it would still shine a light. But you know that there's some suits behind a door going. Oh yeah. Yeah, we gotta get this out. Well, we can capitalize. On we this. gotta get this out while people are still in the streets. You know, like, why, why does that suit guy sound like the seventy-year-old woman who smoked for seventy years? Because <laughs> he's. <laughs> we you know, gotta, I don't know why. I don't know. We gotta get this movie out because you know we gotta get this. 
I got daddy's got to line his pockets. <laughs> we got to get this movie out. I mean, like, I hate to, I hate, yeah, like, you know, you hate to say it that yeah. way. No, I just feel like it's kind of true. But though. you know that there's some higher ups somewhere going, oh, yeah. We can capitalize we, on we this. We got to capitalize yeah. on this right now. Yeah. All right. And the next one, the biggest one, the biggest bummer of them all. Um, if you haven't seen it by now, you're living under a rock. James, I think you might be living under a rock. Oh, boy. Halloween Kills has been drop kicked into next year. Huh. Uh, originally, it was supposed to have a October release date of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the new release date, though, was October 15th, 2021. So we have to wait more than a full year from now to get the next installation. Yikes. They put out a... Um, they put out a... Oops, wrong screen here. Where is it at? There you go. Uh, an official statement about it, which I will I will read for you because it's what we do. Uh, John Carpenter actually post reposted this. Uh, he says, um, or it says, we write we write this to you, heartbroken over the fact that the delay of our film is even a discussion. But if there's one thing that a career in the film industry has prepared us for, it is the unexpected. Over the past few weeks, our film family has looked at the forecast of a theatrical exhibition. Uh, with obvious concern, we have discussed and struggled with how best to present Halloween Kills uh, to the loyal fans around the world, as well as the new audience we hope to invite to the experience. It was a wild and vibrant production. We lined up a cast of legacy characters like Lori, Tommy, Lindsay, Lonnie, Marin, Brackett, and The Shape. Then alongside some new faces, we aggressively made the second chapter of our Halloween trilogy. Uh, it unfolded into an experience that was a creative playground, and we feel confident that our misfit pleasures will be seen as an unexpected entry into this franchise. If we release it in October of this year as planned, we will have to face the reality that the film would be consumed in a compromised theatrical experience. After weighing our options, we have chosen to push the film's theatrical release by one year. On top of a traditional lease, Universal has agreed to an IMAX presentation of the film in October 2021. Uh, sound mixing is going to yada, yada, yada. It's going to be the best version that they can possibly give us with all the added times, the cliff notes. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. That's um, it's the unfortunate reality of the situation. Yeah. I, it's not completely unexpected. It's a bummer. But I do sort of understand. It's understandable. Yeah. I do understand why they're doing it. So a whole year, though? whole year. Well, I mean, why would you release Halloween outside yeah, of October? Outside of October, yeah, yeah. So that just sucks, man. Yep, I agree. So, Maybe they'll. Um, uh, what they should do is just drop Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Is mm-hmm. that the? Mm-hmm. Just drop them both as a double feature. Well, I don't think Halloween ends. Is done. Is it even? <laughs> will it be in the next year though? Or did they shoot them back to back? I, know I there thought was, they there shot was that, them already. Well, there was that rumor that they shot them back to back, but I don't know if they actually did that. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, anyway, who knows? That's uh, that's the news, and we're ending on a downer apparently. <laughs> I I got nothing else wah, for you. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's take a little break. Yes. Let's I need a refill on some beers. Let's have a little beer. Let's uh, drink a little cold brew coffee, Ooh. and then yeah. uh, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll get even colder because we're going to the Antarctic tundra, baby. Cool, cool. Get it? Get it? Because it's because it's cold. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be here all week. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description.
Oh God, did David Attenborough just <laughs> just enter the room? Can you think of a worse place? <laughs> the frigid cold. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of a worse place to be though? Honestly, oh hell, honestly, dude. God. Like, uh, here, like, right now. I like well, I like winter and all. But I fucking hate the cold. Oh my god, do I hate the cold? Do you? Oh, I hate it so much. I um, um I, I like... could I could totally do without winter. Like I I would love to live somewhere where there is no winter, and oh. then I could just visit somewhere during the winter to get like my fill. You disappoint me, Mike. I'm sorry, man. You disappoint me. Sorry. That's not that. That's not a Michigan attitude at all. Well, I I got nothing. You for gotta you. love all four of the seasons. But can you imagine going to a place like the Arctic tundra? That and would then, be nuts, yeah. And then dying there. Mm. Freezing to death, dying in the Arctic tundra. That would suck. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like... Uh... And to add insult to injury, in one of these movies, people died in the Arctic tundra by burning to death. That's just like... <laughs> That's just like like <laughs> life just smacking you in the face a whole bunch of times. Like, hey, you're going to go to the coldest place on earth, but I'm going to fucking burn you to death. It's like being marooned out in the middle of the ocean and dying of thirst. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All this water and not a drop to drink. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, that's a bitch, dude. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, I don't know. I would definitely go. I would definitely be interested in going to the Arctic tundra just to see how gnarly it really is sure i agree um cold doesn't bother me that much i don't know like i i think like out of all the ways to die freezing to death don't get me wrong it would still suck it might not be that bad i think that you're saying that only because you've never been frozen to death that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) but no, you know how like you know how when your hand like you you you're you're stupid like when you were younger you were stupid and you were trying to be a, a tough guy so you'd go out uh, without gloves or something you're like oh it's not cold out here like yeah. the dudes who I I still love spotting these people around town like when it's it it like we pass we get past October we get past November and uh, or like maybe mid November when the the temperature starts to drop to like. Like 30, 30, 35 degrees. And the douchebags are still wearing shorts. Guys are wearing yeah. shorts and they're like standing, like getting gas in their car. And they have that. Yeah, I just lost. What just happened? I don't know. Something's going on. Oh, yeah. It's that. Oh. Check to check. Check, check, check. I'm That's back. better. That's better. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> we just. I don't yeah, know if like, you guys lost that, but we like, did. Dudes will just be standing at their car, like pumping gas. And, and then <laughs> they'll stand like. Like you guys can't see me, obviously, but they stand <laughs> like this, where you can tell they're tensing every muscle in yeah, their body to try and generate some sort yeah. of heat. <laughs> yeah, I love those people. Those are my favorite type of people to spot. But you know put, how like put on fucking pants. But you know how like after your after a while your hands get so cold that they almost feel warm again. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what I was talking about the other day when you put your hand into scalding hot water and it feels cold. Yeah. It's literally your nerves dying. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in that regard, would it really be that bad? Yes. I don't I think that it would be. If it's painless. I don't know that it would be painless. I think prob- that, probably not. Like I think you the like cold you said, I'd never start to burn, honestly. Yeah, probably but you know, I don't know. I think you'd go delirious after a little while, and you'd just be like, "Oh, I'm." 
I do feel like I would rather do that than burn to death, though. Hell yeah, dude. Burning to death would suck. It'd probably be faster, though. It'd be really hot. (laughs) That's that's a pretty good observation. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. I don't like heat, so. I think drowning would be the worst. I I don't like burning. How about that? I like the heat, but I don't like burning. I don't like burning to death. That's for sure. I've always heard that. We're getting on a weird topic here. I've always heard that, and, and I don't know how anybody would ever know this, but I've always heard that drowning is peaceful see i've heard it's painful who knows <laughs> no there have been people who have technically drowned and That's then fair. come back i i have heard though i do remember i do remember specifically hearing that once you're like it's like once your body like takes in all that water it's like it's just peaceful like it's a weird i don't know that doesn't happen as easily as you'd think it would, Probably though. Like, because I, I, I always thought, like, well, if I was going down and I knew that there was no way for me to make it back up to on the who? surface, there was no way for me to make it back up to the surface, I'm like, I would just take a huge breath, mm-hmm. pull all that water into your lungs, and then just go for it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But apparently, that's much more difficult than. Than you think it would well, be. I think your body just naturally stops it from happening. Right, exactly. You have to like physically open your throat to get the stuff down. <laughs> exactly. What? Which you're pretty used to. So. Oh, like, like you don't have practice. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's get through our movies. Nah. Instead of talking about waste and die in the fucking <laughs> Arctic. Um. The first movie we're talking about is going to be The Last Winter from 2016 or 2006. 2006. Rather, directed by Larry Fessenden. 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 I can't say his last name. Yeah, you said who, it three times earlier, and every single time it was who, different, and every single time it was wrong. I was today years old. I'm embarrassed to admit this. I am today years old learning that Larry Fessenden um, was a director before he was, or at least more well-known for being a director yeah. than an actor. Y- yeah. I had no idea. I don't know how I've gone my entire life not knowing that. But in your de- in your defense, he his he's got many many acting credits mm-hmm. and many many producing and directing credits. This is so how... like it's not like so it makes sense that you would know him as an actor because he has a lot of acting credits. Yeah, it's just well, you didn't looked... you weren't aware that he was such a. A I was prolific I was watching producer this, director. Too. I was watching this movie and I was enjoying it. And I go, I wonder what else this director did. And I looked him up and I saw a picture of him. I go, Oh, it's that guy. I know him as an actor. I, said, I didn't know this actor directed. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have been more completely backwards on that though. Well, he's more of a. I think. I think he's more of a producer than he is a director too. Well, put it this way: he has an entire Scream Factory box set that is all of his directing movies. Oh, nice. So he's well enough. He's well known enough as a director to get that treatment. Um, and there's a lot of uh, cult indie filmmakers. He gave Ty West apparently his start. Uh, oh, his really? Huge, yeah. There's something something to do with Ty West or whatever. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but um, but yeah. So Larry uh, Fessenden. Um, Fessenden. That's what I said. Fessenden. 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 He kind of he kind of phoned it in a little bit. In the Arctic region of northern Alaska, an oil company's advanced team struggles to establish a drilling base that will forever alter the pristine land. After one team member is found dead, a disorientation slowly claims the sanity of the others as each of them succumbs to a mysterious fear. Uh, interesting. Uh, spoilers, by the way. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Here's the best way that I can describe this movie, and this is a little bit of spoilers, I suppose. 
maybe. Yeah. Um, this movie is The Thing <laughs> yeah. mixed with The Happening. It, yeah. It's pretty much what it is. Kind of, yeah. Um, and I kind of love it for it. Like, I, I like this movie a lot. Is it? It's not anywhere near as good as The Thing. It's no, like the no, it's like no. the thing's younger brother that's really trying to like just be a, just as cool. Yeah. Um that being said, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just that the thing is so good that yeah. you're never going to reach those heights. Right. <laughs> um but yeah, so you have uh, the uh, the incomparable Ron Perlman starring in this, which Ron Perlman's the most touch and go actor I think I've ever seen. He really is, dude. He's he was he was okay in this. <laughs> Ron Perlman to me like no matter what, there's always a touch of a touch of cheese. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little there's a little bit of stinky limber <laughs> limburger no matter what. Yeah, he, uh, he's the kind of guy you can tell he's acting. Yeah. Like it doesn't always come off natural. Yeah. And you can kind of you can see like his his acting like, <laughs> on the screen. Acting, but but at the same time you love him, right? Oh yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that I don't like him. It's just that that's part of his charm, I guess. I don't uh, yeah, know. I suppose. So. Um, you have uh, James Lagrasse who played uh, Hoffman. Um, those are the two main guys. Connie Britton, uh, who is probably one of my. I think that she might be like my older-ish lady crushes. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there. Here's the she's, thing: she's a babe. She's a babe, and she's, she's like not... in her 50s, like in her late mid 50s. Well, late 50s, something well like that. that's the thing is she's not like I've I've heard I've so I've heard other people <clears throat> talk about her before. So she was let's see oh she's a March baby. Ooh. She was born in 1967, yep. so that makes her uh God I'm bad at math. I'm, I'm just gonna Six, let you seven. flubber through this one. <laughs> uh, f- <laughs> 50, 53? Mid-50s. Is that yeah, right? Early to mid-50s. 53. Sure. sure. Uh, and I've heard people say about her before, like, oh, man, she's she's really attractive for an older lady. No. Whoa! No. Whoa! <laughs> no, she's not. Oh, she's not. No, no, she's no. not, like, older, but she is she's no, no, older than us. My so. point, well, no, they say, like, oh, man, she's really attractive for an older, older lady. I'm, I'm like, no, she's a babe. Who just happens to be an older, well, an older lady? Sure, she's not she, old though. That's no, the thing. Well, it's it's like people say, oh, like she looks good for her age. That's not what this is. No, she doesn't look good for her age. She just looks good, and then she happens yeah, to be exactly, exactly. older. She, she's a babe. She's though. a babe. She was in um, she was in American Horror Story. Yeah, she was the mom in the first season. Yeah. That's the only one that I've seen. Total babe. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she's great in this too. Yeah. Um, so oh, I yeah. As a, as an actress, I I mean, you know, like we're we're uh, we're boys, so we're gonna talk. Of course. <laughs> talk about her being a babe at first, of but uh, yeah, she's she's an awesome and, and actress. We are celebrating really her babeliness. Yeah. Don't just, get, don't 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 get her. Just like I'll move don't on. Get it twisted. Yeah. Just like I'll move on to Ron Perlman or James Legros and celebrate I, their babeliness. Um, we got we got dude butt in this movie. You I'll know point what? That out. Very well, hold on. <laughs> we got dude butt. Very strategically uh like very strategic steps were taken. Literal steps by the actor and camera placement to make sure we didn't get any dude dick though. Did you notice that? I was kind like of wait, were... I was kind of waiting for the gopher to poke out a little No, bit. every every <laughs> every single time he would take a step if the camera was on his right. 
and this dude had like meat, meaty tree trunks for legs, no, there, right? There was, so dude, there every just... time he would take a step, it would always be his leading leg, the one that was toward the camera, he would take a step with. <laughs> so that he would I don't think I noticed he would that. hide his dick. interesting. I well, because I'll... every time I see a every time I see a scene with a nude guy now, I go, Oh, Mike's gonna love this. <laughs> So do I, which is weird. Um, so that was Elliot, right? That was Jamie Harris. No, 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 that was no, that was uh, Maxwell. Oh, that was Max. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that was that was Zach Guilford who played Max. That was Max S. Um, then you had uh, Kevin Corrigan who played Motor. He was the um, he was the mechanic basically on on site in the Arctic there. Yeah, and then I like um, Kevin Corrigan. Have you did you have you ever watched that? Uh, the hell was the name of that show? Grounded for Life. I've heard of it. Never really watched it's it. It's really good. The uh, it's just a comedy show um uh on fuck i can't even remember what station it was on but he plays he plays like the uh like the weird uncle yeah on that show and yeah he's funny as shit it was kind of cool to see him show up in this movie though because he's typically in comedic roles Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah and then uh finally we have jimmy harold who played elliot uh he is he is well known as the guy that is constantly fucking bleeding from the nose basically me yeah (laughs) I get a lot of nosebleeds. So. Um, yeah, so this is this is a movie about uh, a group of uh, people. They work for the North North Industry, I believe is what they're called, and or North Company, whatever. And uh, they are a company that is out in the uh, Arctic tundra in northern Alaska, and mm-hmm. they're they're wanting to basically build a new pipeline, and they're out there to basically start the process, get all the um, get all the, uh, the the vehicles out there and everything to start the process of laying this this new pipeline in. Uh-huh. And they have to drive over the ice roads that were made famous by the History Channel um, and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, Ron Perlman plays a character named Ed, who is, first off, just a piece of shit. Like, he is, like, the worst fucking character in this entire movie. I hated him. Absolutely hated his character. Uh, Perlman's character? Yes. Not only was he annoying... But he was so brash and so, like, just didn't listen to anybody else's fucking opinions. I think it reminds me of my day-to-day because I work for some people like that. Yeah. And it and drives me fucking crazy. So I think maybe this hit a little closer to home. But I couldn't fucking stand his character. Well, it's kind of like, uh, because he's been gone for five months from the, from the, from the operation. And in the meantime, Hoffman and Elliot have showed up. These are the guys who are put in charge uh, of kind of keeping track of the weather conditions and stuff like that. And to make sure that what they're doing is not going to destroy the environment and all that stuff. Yeah, they're, they're doing environmental impact yeah. studies and stuff like that. And then and then Ed shows back up after five months of being gone. And as soon as he walks through the door, he's just a complete asshole. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if you're going to get somebody to be like that, Ron Perlman was Proto, prototypical <laughs> male. <laughs> Ron Perlman was like the ideal choice. Um, oh, he's really <laughs> watching this without sound is amazing. We're watching. We're watching End of Days right now, <laughs> and it's and all of those looking. Oh no! The oh, eyes. oh no! He's gonna jump on the. Yep, there he goes. Oh, he just impaled himself on uh, the sword. God, the wire work was amazing in that jump. <laughs> Sorry, back back to. Uh, <laughs> Back to the movie at hand here. Uh, Y2K, sorry. baby. We are we are distractified. Isn't that um, funny that when Y2K happened, when we all thought the computers were going to break and, you know, like everybody was going to die, this was actually happening? Yeah, right. Isn't that weird? It is kind of bizarre. This is a biopic, right? <laughs> I think, yeah. Anyway, um, back to the last winter. Sorry. Um, where were we at? 
Uh, we were talking about how Ed Pollock was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's a piece of shit. Uh, and then you have Hoffman's character. Hoffman is the guy, he's the one that's basically in charge of the environmental side of things. And he keeps telling them that, like, there's weird temperature fluctu- uh, fluctuations. Like, it's either it's unseasonably hot one day or it's unseasonably cold the other day. You know, the ice has not frozen well enough to do the ice roads. There's no way for them to get their equipment in to build this pipeline. And so him and Ed are going back and forth like crazy the entire movie because Ed just basically wants to do it no matter what. Fuck the environment. Fuck safety. He just wants to make his day, basically. Of course. Um, so the, the movie kind of centers around the animosity that is between the two of them. Uh, then you have Abby, who's played by you know uh, our aforementioned Connie Britton. Uh, she was basically shacking up with Ed, and then he left for five months. And then like literally a week after he left, she started shacking up with Hoffman. No, not a week. They literally said that. No, they said that they had been sh- they had been shacking up for three to four weeks, and he had been gone for five five months. Oh, was it five months? Yes. Okay, she's not as big of a hoe <laughs> as I thought then. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, boy. okay, I, I did... Uh, yep, okay, I think you're probably right. Um, point is, she went from being with Ed to then Ed leaving, and then she sparked up a relationship with Hoffman. Yeah. And so there's now this extra turmoil between Ed and Hoffman that doesn't help things. Right. Um, so yeah, you get... Um, who's the character? Who's the guy that dies? Uh, Elliot or Maxwell? Which one? The first one to kind of notice things are weird. Is it Max? Uh, Maxwell, the yeah. kid. Yeah. So Maxwell, there's a they have this weird um, pipeline that was there, like a drilling hole, basically the, that was covered up by the uh, kick well. The it was kick it well. was put there in 1986 by the North Company, and like their their whole idea was they were supposed to come back and tap it at some point in time to yeah. get all this oil from uh, from this region. So that the U.S. could become uh, self-sustaining, yeah, basically. yeah, mm-hmm. like they could be energy, uh, energy independent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of starts to, yeah, like he starts asking people, like, have you ever he's been dra- to the well, kick he's drawn, well? Like, he's the- drawn to the kick well, yeah, and you don't know why, but he's drawn to it, and he thinks there's something very strange about it. Um, and he starts seeing weird things out in the tundra, and weird, like, um like animals like ghost animals almost like running by in the distance and all this really weird shit nobody believes him and then finally one night he just kind of has like this weird like mental break and he strips naked walks out into the tundra and then they find him the next morning completely naked frozen to death with his eyes poked out by the ravens pretty wild right yeah awesomely wild <laughs> um and so that's pretty much where the movie kicks off. It's them trying to figure out what's going on, the power struggle between Ed and Hoffman. And uh, you come to find out that every person on that place, very much like the thing, every person kind of goes crazy in their own unique sort of way. Yeah. And then that whole area is, it takes down planes at one point. It does like a whole bunch of other stuff. Like it's that, that area is just cursed almost, you know? Um, what did you, th- what, how did you take what the, the, um, the underbelly of the story was? Like, what did you think was causing it? What is, um, they didn't explain it completely. So I watched this movie a long time ago, mm-hmm. uh, probably five years ago or something. And I think I, I think I pretty much had the same idea both times that I watched it. It, it, it was sort of like, a like, uh, the, 
the uprise of nature, mm-hmm. like coming coming back to sort of settle settle its score with man. You know, like Hoffman makes Hoffman makes a comment earlier, like early on in the movie, where he says, um, "If if uh, if I could come to one of the last bits of uh, like un uncolonized." Un, uh, like un, uh, untapped, untapped piece of land mm-hmm. by man, and at the same time they're gonna pay me to be here. Then yeah, I'm gonna. He said, "Oh, like, un, like, uh, basically, he says if I can come to the last pristine piece of land before we fuck it up, yeah, I'm gonna come look at it. Sure, you know, and I think that's kind of Gross. the <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think that's kind of the." Uh, kind of the whole point of the movie is like as like we've just we've basically gone through every part of the earth and tapped it for every resource that we possibly can mm-hmm. and just made a complete mockery of it yeah just of. like not respecting nature at all and this was sort of like nature's way of getting back yeah at us there's a there's a, one of the characters at one point even actually says that the it might have actually maybe been Hoffman, but he's someone says that like the the oil is basically made up of decomposing and animal remains and like all the remains of the life before it's all the it. flora and fauna from millions of years yeah, ago. And so that's what I got from the movie is basically that was what it was like. It's like the, ghosts. It's like the they called it sour oil. Uh, well, he called it sour gas. Or sour, which is a, sour gas, same difference. Yeah, which coming is... Coming from the y- same place. Right, right. Um, which I think is all coming from the kick the kick pipe. That's where I think it was all coming from, centered around. That was like the, the hole for it to come up. They kept talking about how the permafrost was melting. And I think what was happening was, because of the unseasonably hot weather, the permafrost from way under the ground was melting, and that pipeline was its way to seep up into the world. And I think the the idea of what they're trying to say is that this is nature fighting back basically, you know. Right. Because you saw, you know, ghost animals and everything else, like mm-hmm. when people were going crazy, it was sort of hallucinating 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 I can't say it either. <laughs> hallucinations. There we go. <laughs> hallucinations. <laughs> it was basically hallucinations, but like um but it was kind of what they were saying all in the same breath. It's like the the spirits of the animals from beforehand are reclaiming the land, basically. Well, and is it was, what it was. Well, and they did. They mentioned at some point too the Wendigo. Mm, yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be a Wendigo movie at first. I'm like, oh, this is going to be badass. But then I realized the director already made a Wendigo movie. It wasn't. So. <laughs> it wasn't entirely not a Wendigo movie though, because that creature at the end was walking on two limbs. Was it? Yeah the 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 final thing that like um, I thought it was just like a big weird like like elk type animal with huge uh, antlers. It was, but it was walking on its hind legs. I don't remember that. It totally was. Okay. That's um, fair. which the which the Wendigo traditionally, if I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken because I don't know a ton about Wendigo, but. Aren't they? Isn't that kind of the form they take? Like, yeah, uh, I think the Wendigo is basically like the the version of the Yeti. Basically, is what I always thought it was. Isn't it? But but don't they have huge antlers and stuff like that? They might. Oh, 
I'm actually not sure. I thought you I thought you were more I'm up on your cryptids. Sorry. <laughs> not super versed in the Wendigo. Um but the uh the end is kind of interesting because you end up basically hit so tons of things transpire. Mm-hmm. Basically everyone dies. Uh and you end up with uh with Jim Hoffman and um what was uh Connie Britton's Abby. Mm-hmm. They end up basically being the last two alive, but he is like 15 miles away trying to get to Camp Crow or whatever it was called, Mm -hmm. that uh, Inuit village, and she's back at the the drilling camp. The base, yeah. The one, I guess, kind of the one weird thing about the ending is like he (laughs) he shoots the flare and the weird Wendigo ghosts like picks him up and takes him back through a journey through his childhood and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And then he's gone. Then he's just gone. And then she wakes up in a hospital in the middle of civilization again. Like, who who found her? How did she get there? Well, they said that there was going to be that once the one, there was a plane that came to try to save them and it went down and crashed. And they've even said that there was going to be another plane that would follow if they didn't come back. So So I'm I'm assuming that's what it was. Basically, just yeah. I also think that the the ending though it's weird because she does wake up in the hospital and you can almost interpret this as it was all them just going crazy and nothing that they actually saw happened. Yeah, like they were just they literally were going crazy. So she was rescued woke up in this place and she's no longer feeling the effects of the isolation or the gases or whatever it is that's coming out of the ground. Okay. Um, but then as she walks out of her room though, the doctors fucking had hung themselves in one of the rooms. Like there's, there's blood in some places and she walks out into the, into the world and the whole world is just ending. Hmm. So what, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. If it's, if it was just them going crazy, then why is the world ending? Yeah, you know, so I'm a little bit confused exactly by which I don't, I don't think, I don't think they were going crazy. I think it literally was like nature was, it was an uprise. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And you think that when she woke up in the place, it was nature basically. Yeah, I think somehow, (gasps) somehow she made happening made people kill themselves. Maybe that's what happened to the doctor. Maybe she woke up in a hospital, and little do we know, Mark Wahlberg just walked by outside (laughs) that hospital. Going and starting his story. That is exactly what heard happened. Heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> it's a prequel to the happening. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was. You don't both, know. Both movies had the exact same idea. Yeah. In all fairness. I don't think the happening had any ghost plants, but you know. That'd be about the only thing that was missing. I think you're onto something. How do you I think know? So too. You wouldn't be able to see him. <gasps> the only reason they could see him in the Arctic tundra is because of like the weird um, reflections off the ice and that's, the, that's the, deep, bro. the northern lights and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you're onto something there. I think so too. Um, um, I don't know. That there's a whole lot more that I can add to this. Like it's it's good. It's an entertaining movie. I don't think that. I mean, if I was grading it on a one to five scale, you know, like I, I'd probably give it like a two and a half. Like it's right in the middle. One to like, five, do a one to ten. Fine, one to That's ten. That's my language. Five being average. Five being you failed. Average. <laughs> uh, um, I, I literally put it right in the middle. Like there's just, yeah, it wasn't bad. 
but there was nothing strikingly special about it all yeah. at the same time. Yeah, there were. I remember. So I, like I said, I'd watched five and a half. I'd watched it. I'd watched it a long time ago. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I kind of remembered it more fondly than I actually, than what I actually got this time mm-hmm. from viewing it. Um, there was a lot of cool parts. But overall, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'd give it maybe like a five and a half or six or something like that. Yeah. If, um. If you're looking for a good like Antarctic tundra type movie about who done it and you don't know what's going on, watch the thing. I yeah. Like because basically I love, what this movie wanted to be. I love the setting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I love movies that are set in in this kind of location. The isolation is really cool. It kind ice, of it, isolation. Isolation. It kind of lends itself to the idea that um, people might just be going nuts. Mm-hmm. Like there might be nothing going on at all. Maybe it's just people going crazy. So that's kind of cool. That like lends itself more to the, like the uh, the mysterious side a little bit. Mm-hmm. But overall, yeah, it's not a it's not a totally overwhelming movie. No, I'm sorry. Um, but it was cool. Yeah, I, I that's it. A, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there's to say about it. It's watch watch it if you're interested in our review. I guess I I don't know that I don't know that we painted it in a great light. But <laughs> um, the next movie, though, I think that we can both agree we can paint this one in a great light. Mm. And this is a movie that we completely cold called. Not, neither one of us knew anything about it. I knew nothing about it going into it. You had at least seen. Nope, I hadn't. Nothing. Okay. No, I saw. Because uh, would we watch this on Shutter? Yeah. Yeah. I saw the uh, like the 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 header picture, and I read the little synopsis that mm-hmm. doesn't really give much away. And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm just gonna go with it." So uh, this is Cold Skin from 2017, uh, directed by Xavier Jens, who did Frontiers. Yeah, Frontiers was Frontiers one of those. Was great. If I'm not mistaken, Frontiers was one of those like French, the uh, like uh, French extreme, extreme war, film. Yeah. yeah, and he also did some. Have you uh, seen Frontiers? Yeah, we watched it together. I think we watched it together at your parents' house a long time ago. If it was that long ago, if we did that, then yeah. It was I doubt that I remember it. It was good though. I liked it a lot. He also did some uh, some shorts in the ABCs of Death movie, uh, which is cool. Or a short, I should say. He did Um, Hitman with Timothy Olyphant. You remember that movie? Yeah, that movie's rough. (laughs) Yeah, movie's rough. Um, okay, let's see here. In 1914s, so we got a period piece. Uh, a young man arrives at a remote island near the Antarctic Antarctic Circle to take the post of a weather observer, only to find himself trapped in a watchtower besieged by deadly creatures, which live in which live in hiding on the land. They we really have, give you pretty much everything you you need to know right there. Huh? Sort of, yeah. We um we have some we have some theories about this movie. And after doing a little bit more research, I think we're dead on. Oh, really? I will say that. And okay. I have I have a lot of information pulled up to talk about it. Okay, but cool. before we get into the theory, let's talk about the movie itself. Uh, this is starring Ray Stevenson. You might know him as the fucking Punisher yeah. in maybe the worst Punisher movie. Was it Warzone? Yeah. <laughs> was that the one with... Uh... Was that the one with Jigsaw or whatever the fuck the guy's face? It was all cut up and stuff? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Was that the... Was it not? I know that he was in one of the movies. I can't remember if that was the Tom Jane movie or the Warzone movie. Yeah, look it up. Anyway, though, Ray Stevenson, who plays Gruner. Uh, Gru- Gru- Gruner. 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 Uh, David Oakes, who 
he's credited as a name as friend, but you don't actually ever hear his name in the movie. Does Gruner never call him friend? He doesn't I ever. Think so okay. Uh, and then you have Aura Garrido who plays Aeneris. Uh, Aeneris is one of the creatures, and we'll get to her character in a minute here. Yeah. Um, so uh, David Oakes' his character friend, uh, basically, he's on a ship with a scurvy seaman, and they are <laughs> they are traveling the world or the water to get to this island, and he is there. Like the synopsis said, to take the place of like a weather observer. There was um, there was no evidence to suggest that the seaman actually had scurvy. Well, he looked he looked like a proper seaman, is all I'm saying. Like he looked like he was water worn. Um so so friend gets to the island or whatever and uh the his captain's kind of showing him where he's gonna stay. And off in the distance you can see this lighthouse. And when asked, you know, who I think he asked who is there or whatever, and they say that it's just he's the lightkeeper or whatever. But the lighthouse is weird because out of every single orifice basically of the lighthouse are these sharpened sticks uh. like spears sticking out of everything and there's like tons of uh like uh i don't know shit around the outside to stop things from getting close to it well if you it's think fortified. about it if you think about it too when he went when he first went to the little shack that he was going to be living in uh there were sharpened sticks pointing out from parts of that as well Mm-hmm. Which kind of now that we've seen the movie and we've made it to the end, kind of uh, gives you a little insight into what you find out later in the movie. A little bit, a little bit about Gruner's character. Yeah, you know what I mean. A little bit. Yeah. But yes. Um. So yeah. So he goes there, and I think it's his first night there. Oh yeah. He gets attacked by these creatures. These crazy creatures from all Seem- around his seemingly house. just one the first night, right? It's just one. Yeah, because he more like he hears something outside the door, and he goes, and that hand comes underneath the door. Yes, and yes. he stomps on it the second night. Yeah. So he so the, he then fortifies his house, like builds like a moat of like dead branches around his house. The stupidest idea ever. We'll get to why. <laughs> um, he builds. He basically puts all this like wood twigs and like flammable things. I think he pours gas on it too. Uh-huh. And, um, and he so, puts books down there. Yeah. So the, so the very set one of the books being Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> um, so the very second night, so he's prepared for this. Now, the first night he was freaked out by this weird creature that put its hand under the door. So the second night, um, he he's ready for it, and they attack the house again. And at this point, it's like an all-out fucking war. Yeah. To the point where he burns down his fucking house. <laughs> On accident. On accident, but we're both watching this. Why would you set fire around a moat around your house? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, he dug a trench. If the fire had kind of kept to itself in that trench, it would have been all right. But he's also in a wooden house. So. I don't know. There's a pretty big fire that he used gasoline to fight. Yeah. Start. <laughs> That's true. not going to be a small fire. No. So his house ends up catching on fire. He survives the night. And then this starts his... Um, he goes to Gruner's Gruner. uh, lighthouse to get answers because clearly Gruner knows something. Um, and this kind of starts their whole relationship and Gruner ends up having friends stay in the lighthouse with him and, and teaches him that there are these creatures that come out of the water at night. And basically they spend every single one of their nights waiting up on top of the lighthouse to basically wage an all-out war against these yeah, things. Yeah, just shoot them and waste kill these and... things as they're coming up the lighthouse. Yeah, but you also find that Gruner 
basically keeps one as a he pet like uh, I, friend at one point calls it their mascot it's a weird way of putting it it's basically one of the Whoa. creatures that is submissive to them a little bit and it's not violent except for one time against gruner well it's it's weird and sad because it's very humanistic mm-hmm. uh and it and it clearly i mean like it's oops it 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 <clears throat> It doesn't show human emotion, but it still shows. It shows emotion in the way that uh, animals, like a like, like a, a like a, a pet goes, would, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you look at your dog, and you know when your dog is sad or happy and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like she never she never smiles or anything, but you can tell when she's scared. You can tell when she's feeling comfortable. You can tell when she's she's angry. Yep. And there's parts in the movie where like. It's kind of heartbreaking, like the the way Gruner treats her. You know, he treats her. Well, sure, he, he he treats her basically just like a treats her terribly. Yeah, like a and she's like a, like affected a dog. by it. You know, this, yeah. even though she's like this weird fish creature, she's affected by it because you can tell that she um, is a an affectionate creature herself. Uh-huh. You know, what I'm saying like she's not um, like she's not mean. She's not aggressive or anything like that. She's it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome thing. It almost seems like. That she stays with Gruner, because uh, he treats her like crap. So and, and she's able to leave. Well, yeah, she keeps coming back. Unfortunately, I mean, if you still think about it in terms of uh, pet behavior, sure. I mean, like there's there's people who severely mistreat their animals, and their animals still stay loyal to them. You know what I mean? That's true. And not to say, like, I'm not trying to get across that this thing was just some stupid animal. Like, uh, like friend. Well, she was clearly intelligent. Friend saw through uh, Gruner's behavior toward her and saw through his treatment of her and saw that there was, she was actually a, an intelligent, mm-hmm. uh, like. Sexual being. <laughs> I was going to say sentient, <laughs> but like sexual's cool too, I suppose. Listen. I'm not the one that banged a fish. Yeah, this uh, this movie does <laughs> definitely take a Guillermo del Toro turn at um, some point in time because even uh, more so, even there's definitely some fish del fucking Toro, in this movie. Del Toro did it like sensually, like Del Toro did it in like an artistic way. Whereas this movie, not only does one person bang the fish, two people bang the fish. Well, it's implied that it's implied two people, that two people bang, the bang the fish. Um, but, but Gruner, but Gruner Gruner's, Gruner's taking. Gruner's, Take, taking her to Pound Town. Gruner's definitely going to town. <laughs> He's Jesus. definitely the mayor of Titty City. Oh, God. <laughs> That's an inside joke, by the way. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's really, really weird. Uh, um, and it's very uncomfortable, like, when, when Friend first kind of walks in on that. Yeah, situation and, and Gruner just stares at him. Gruner too. just turns as he's like going to town on this thing, <laughs> like just stares him dead in the eye. But then friend starts to befriend Anaris. I think he sympath- uh, sympathizes with her though too. That's like where the connection starts. He feels bad for her because he realizes how badly she's being treated. Well, and he still it still even takes him a while. Like even when he notices how badly she's being treated, it takes him a while to recognize her as anything other than this weird sure. fish creature. Well, he's also learning about what they are. He doesn't know what they are at first. Like, he doesn't yeah. understand what's going on. He doesn't understand. And there's a lot more of a uh, um, clarity towards the end of the movie. 
but it's kind of his journey of understanding what is actually happening on this island. Yeah. You know, there's this war that's being raged between Gruner and the creatures. Friend is sort of in the middle. He's doing what Gruner's telling him to because he thinks that's right. But, like, there's a shift in the movie. And, like, the, 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 the heart of the movie is literally Friend's transition from one side to the other. Right. It's basically what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, so friend and and Arneas, uh, or Aeneas, 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 um, they basically go from not knowing each other at all toward to having this weird fishy relationship towards <laughs> the end. I don't know how else to describe very it. Very fishy. It's very fishy. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's essentially the movie. You know, there's we're gonna we're gonna give away the ending because I do want to talk about it with you. Yeah. Um. But that's basically the ending. If uh, if you don't want spoilers, just stop listening now because we're about to get into it. Um. But uh, the movie the movie does end with with friend understanding that the creatures don't want to fight. They actually want a truce. My opinion is that the creatures were fighting to get Aenerys back. Yeah. Because they thought that they had kidnapped her basically that's what they were they're just trying to get to her because every time that they fight and every time that they attack the lighthouse and Ares is like basically singing and like giving off a cry almost and that's what draws them in yeah but she was also in a like she was outside in the lighthouse oh yeah she could have kind of exposed like she could have left if she wanted so we said it's almost like she had stockholm syndrome or something like that a little bit because she she obviously felt some sort of affection for for friend obviously but mm-hmm. even for Gruner it's it's a little bit confusing as to why she sticks around however i think one of our theories might explain that okay um but bef- again before we get there um so friend basically f- realizes he's down he's down on the surface level at one point and they had rigged up the whole island to like explode using dynamite and all this stuff and he's down there after they had just killed a shit ton of these creatures. And and Friend is down there, like, basically him and uh, Gruner are killing off the ones that are still alive, basically, that have washed up on shore. And you see uh, Aeneas come up with a whole army of creatures behind her. And they're not attacking him, you know? And it's like they're, there's, like, this weird kind of, like, olive branch thing that's going on where mm. they're where and he realizes they want a truce like they don't want to fight mm-hmm. they got i think what it is they got an ear is back they don't want to fight anymore whatever and um gruner at this point is just mad he's mad it, yeah. with anger and he uh he eventually walks out basically into a sea of the creatures and just like surrenders himself yeah he kind of so he, he comes go- to his senses a little bit and realizes that he's a shitbag and yeah. then surrenders himself yeah and sort of yeah he's he feels kind of terrible for what yeah. he's done to them and realizes that they never really wanted to wage this war. So he sort of just walks out into the middle of them and allows himself to be like <laughs> torn he was, to pieces. He was so like engulfed in this war in his own head. And you know I'm like and I think he realized that. Yeah. Um so he basically let them give him his comeuppance basically. Yeah. Um but then after that happens is where the real twist happens. Because you then see Friend, and, and earlier in the movie, the first time that you meet Gruner, he's drunk, lying in a bed. There's a, the the company that was with Friend comes over, and they're like poking him, like "Wake up, wake up!" The new weather guy is here. Yeah, you know, Friend is looking at him like, "Who the fuck is this drunk guy?" Well, at the end of the movie, you see Friend in the lighthouse, living exactly where Gruner did, looking exactly the disheveled, big beard, long hair. 
looking exactly the same way, doing the exact same thing with a new crew coming up with a new weather guy. Well, just to fill in one blank here, uh, when they first arrive on the island, they can't find the guy who friend is supposed to replace. Yes, yeah. That's, the an, only important, person that's they, an important part. The only person they can find is Gruner. Mm-hmm. And um, then Gruner tells them, oh, that person died. Right. And the only... Yeah, he says he went for a swim one day and he never came back. Um, the And... A uh, friend finds these journals in his in his uh, cabin. And he starts reading them. He finds this picture of this woman and stuff like that. It says "love, love, love" at the end. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, he hears Gruner say "love, love, love," and he realizes that Gruner is actually the previous weather observer mm-hmm. who is now living in the lighthouse. And there is a cycle that just keeps looping. Right. With these two characters. Because he came and he replaced him as weather observer, and now he's living in the lighthouse uh-huh. in this same weird, disheveled manner, like long hair. He basically just, just took the place of of Gruner, basically. Yeah. So let's get into like some of our okay. theories then about... So here's our theory. There's, there's one thing they do in this movie that I think is actually a little heavy-handed. At the very beginning of the movie, when Friend is unpacking his boxes... He's unloading a bunch of books to put on a shelf. One of the books is Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. And they make a very big point to show the cover of that book. And periodically throughout the rest of the film, they will keep showing the book Dante's Inferno. Every time they show it, though, it always lingers on screen for a it's, few it's, seconds. Like you said, it's a little on the inten- nose. Yeah, it's obviously intentional, and I wish they wouldn't have done it. I wish that they would have shown it the first time, and that was it. Yeah. Just a very slight thing at the beginning of the well, movie. Well, even if they showed it more than once, but just not lingered on it for so long. Because yeah, like every but, time you see it, you're like, okay, we get it. Dante's Inferno. It's like supposed once, to be the... Yeah, it's the same. Once it feels intentional, though, it loses its meaning. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I'm saying I wish they would have just done it once and left it at that and then leave it for an Easter egg for people to find. Yeah. Um, but our theory behind this, and I have not looked up other people's opinions of, of, of this movie... I've not looked at anything like that, but our theory is that this is purgatory. And correct me if uh, if if I if I'm I'm going to speak for both of us. Correct me if I have a different opinion than you. But um, basically, friend is is dead. He gets brought to the island uh, on a ferry, the ferryman. Yeah, that's part of the mythology is that you get brought to purgatory. Um, by the ferry over the river sticks, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. That's all part of it. So he's brought to the island uh, by the ferryman. Now, when I was doing my my research on Dante's Inferno, I did find this to be very, very interesting. Um, let's hear. Uh, as Dante explains in the opening lines of the canticle, purgatory. Purgatory, Purgatory is the place in which the human spirit purges himself and climbing to the heavens makes himself worthy. Dante's purgatory consists of an island mountain, the only piece of land in the southern hemisphere. Uh. Uh, divided into three sections, uh, anti-purgatory, purgatory proper, and the earthly paradise, the lower slopes are reserved for the souls whose penance was delayed. The upper part of the mountain consists of seven terraces, each of which corresponds to one of the seven capital sins. Atop of the mountain, Dante locates Eden, an earthly paradise, the place where the pilgrim is reunited with Beatrice, the woman who inspired the poem. Um, this movie has elements of the entire purgatory story of Dante. 
Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, it's 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 literally an island. Go 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 back to the read the first two sentences again. Okay, as Dante explains in the opening lines of the canticle, purgatory is the place in which the human spirit purges himself, climbing to the heavens, making himself worthy. Dante's purgatory climbing, climbing to the heavens and making himself worthy. He It's the lighthouse. Light yeah, it's he went up to the lighthouse and that first night that they were under attack, Gruner tells him to step out onto the balcony of the lighthouse and at that point he was supposed to prove prove, prove himself, himself. Yep. and he backed away from the challenge mm-hmm. and then to move on uh you have uh, uh the island is the only piece of land in the summer, southern hemisphere i think they actually say that that island is like no one's gonna come like exactly. that island is by itself no yeah. one's gonna come around it's no one comes here basically yep. uh the only reason there's a lighthouse there is because they want the, the government needed to spend money basically yeah um and then divided into three sections anti-purgatory purgatory proper and the earthly paradise the lower slopes um are reserved for souls whose penance was delayed that's like the, that's the creatures right? the craggy rocky slopes where they crawl up yeah. every night i even mentioned when we were first watching this movie because we watched it together i go this island looks like hell yeah I even said Looks that. Looks like the, the shores very, of hell. I actually called this, I think, within the first 20 minutes of the movie. First five minutes of the movie. Because when I, they first yeah, arrive yeah, yeah. on the island, you're like, oh man, that island looks like yeah. hell. So hold on. So so the so the the first the first level is reserved for the the souls. Um what did you just say? Uh let's see here. Uh upper part of the mountain consists of seven. Uh, uh divided into three sections, anti-purgatory, purgatory proper, and the earthly paradise. The lower slopes are reserved for the souls whose penance was delayed. So, so I'm going to assume the shores are the So that's the, the shores, the rocky crags where the creatures would crawl up. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Uh, you have purgatory proper, which I would, would maybe be the house. Sure. Um, I mean, that's maybe. A, the, read the thing that you just said again. Anti-purgatory, purgatory proper, and the earthly paradise. After that. The lower slopes are reserved for the for the souls whose penance was delayed. Okay. The upper part uh, corresponds to the seven capital sins. The whole the 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 lighthouse is where the seven sins uh, I think are. Right, and then the earthly paradise, like the when he found her bathing in the hot spring. Mm-hmm. You know, could be, and he joined her in there. That's very 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 possible. Um, I'm reading here more on another thing here. It's uh. Purgatory in the poem is depicted as a mountain in the southern hemisphere consisting of a bottom section, seven levels suffering, and spiritual growth. Uh, allegorically, the purgatio res- represents the Christian life, uh, describing Christian Dante. No, this isn't what I was looking for. I did have something else here for this. Um, anyway, though, even the seven the seven deadly sins, though, uh, what's his name? Fucking... Gruna. Gruna. He actually exhibits all seven deadly sins, in all fairness, if you think about it. So, Sloth, when they first meet him. Sloth, when you first meet him. Gluttony, because he drinks all the time and smokes Mm -hmm. all the time. Envy, because he gets pissed when uh, Inaries and friends Mm -hmm. start to. uh, Pride. 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 No, when he says, when he says, they say no man is an island. Mm-hmm. Gruner is an, an island. island. That's pride right <laughs> That's there. Exactly pride. Uh, wrath, because, oh, because he gets 
pissed and yeah. kills everything. What are the last couple? Um, uh, Lust, because he fucks the fish. Yep. And what's, what's the last one that um, we're missing? Oh, I thought I had it here. Envy, greed. Greed? No, we had greed already. We did? Well, greed, he wants the fish all, the fish woman all for himself. Yeah. Greed is the last one. Yeah. There's also, um, which also makes sense for more stuff too, like there's there's this idea that in purgatory, like you're constantly, re- you're being doomed to repeat the same thing over and over. And they, there's loss that's in, included in that. The woman that played, what's her name? Uh, Aria, Aria Dario or Garadio. I can't say names today. It's uh, Dar- Dario Argento. Yeah, Dario Argento. <laughs> Aria Garrido. Ora Garrido. Garri- Ora Garrido. God, thank you. Um, so here's the funny thing. At the end of the movie, you see a picture of Gruner with his wife. Yeah. Probably from his past life, right? Uh-huh. That woman in the picture was the actress that played Anaris. Was it really? Yeah. So there's something to be said about the fact that there that the Anaris character is there to basically like torture him and then leave him all over again with this new person. Oh. And it's do he's doomed to repeat that yeah. throughout Purgatory. Uh-huh. Um so I, I love this movie. I, I love the, the complex levels that this movie has with Dante's Inferno and, and how so, cleverly it's laid out. So when you're in so when you're in Purgatory is it like uh, you have to pr- you have to prove yourself worthy to move on to the next? I don't think that you move. It's purgatory. Well, it's because over, well, because think about Gruner. Like he, at the end, sort of sacrificed himself, and it was because he had realized that he was he had realized that he was sort of a piece of shit. So like he went out and sacrificed himself. Um, true. So is it like? Uh, well, here, here's was another, that like him here's mo- another part him of Dante's moving stuff. on from... Yeah, go ahead. Here's another part of Dante's stuff. Uh, above, above the Italian and English text of Purgatorio, readers will find additional information on all the terms listed. Creatures, deities, images, peoples, places, and structures. Every canto of Purgatory contains visual material. Okay, never mind. This is talking about the book. I'm sorry. I thought that read something. <laughs> My apologies. I have a bunch of pages here, and I thought that I had read something about... Um, him dying like there's a reason like there like, that actually is a thing that happens and he's doomed to basically die over and over because friend and gruner are the same person he's basically interacting with himself every single time did i or did i not say that yeah, we were, no, we yeah, were yeah, about yeah, an absolutely. hour into the movie and i said because you would we were like 15 minutes in you go okay i got a theory so we paused it real quick mike threw his theory out there which turned out to be correct and then about an hour into the movie i go is it possible that gruner and friend mm-hmm. are the same person and seemingly yeah, yeah. that's what we have here I right? think that's exactly what it is and here's furthermore for more dante stuff um, allegorically, the pur- uh, Purgatorio represents the pentient Christian life. In describing the climb, Dante discusses the nature of sin, examples of vice and virtue, as well as the moral issues in politics and in the church. The poem outlines a theory that all sins arise from love, which is oh. Gruner loses his love, yeah. either perverted love directed towards others' harm or de- uh, deficient love, or the disoriented or excess love of good things. Huh. That's pretty much Gruner in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love this. I think this is fantastic. Like, very rarely do you come across movies that um, 
I, you, one could say, oh, well, it's just based on Dante's Inferno. So, yeah. You know, Dante's, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward, right? If you don't know it, though, though, and... turned into Stallone at the end there. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, but if you don't know it, though, and then you're you're kind of finding the stuff out and you're going down kind of the whirlwind that yeah. we did, it's really, really cool. Yeah. And I think that the movie's probably made to not be so on the nose, and it's made for people to kind of discover it. Well, and here's the and thing. And I love that. I watched a couple of reviews earlier today just because I wanted to see what other people thought. Most other people just think about it as completely on the nose oh no it's not like nobody even mentioned uh dante's inferno nobody mentioned um nobody mentioned the like the, the idea of uh of gruner like the significance of gruner and friend <sighs> seemingly taking over the the same role in the uh-huh. lighthouse like nobody really mentioned that <laughs> most of the people i was watching that were doing reviews are just like this fucking movie is fucking rad, dude. <laughs> like, which it was. It was fucking rad, dude. Oh, but at the on. but at the same time, like, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, dig a little deeper. See what you can find. Yeah. So there's also here anti purgatory. So I'm just reading more about yeah. uh, Dante here. We'll wrap this up in a minute here. But like uh, more of the anti purgatory. It's broken up into three sections. You have shore of the island. Uh-huh. Which is basically the the cantos one through three, yeah, or one through two rather. Then you have the excommunicant. The excommunicant says the poet begins to climb the early morning at the hours, lower slopes. Uh, Dante and Virgil encounter two main characters, the souls. The former detained at the base of the cliff. Just read because otherwise it's just you making noises. Yeah, sorry. No, well the excommunicant. It's basically. Gruner. Gruner, yeah, he's he's not he's the excommunicant. Yeah, and then you have the late repentant, which is also Gruner. Yeah. He sacrifices himself at the very end, uh-huh. and he's repenting, and and then the cycle continues. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred percent, this is Dante's Inferno and Purgatory. Yeah. One hundred percent. I don't know that you can take this in any other possible way when you put all the pieces together. If anybody can, and you want to watch it, and you want to let us know if you. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> if you love infer some other something opinions, different. Yeah. yeah. If you're gonna this say, is just kind of our... um, you're completely wrong, and this movie is just about like a guy who goes to an island, and there's these weird fucking creatures, and this one dude fucks a fish. Hold on, well, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Before you make fun of people saying and that's that, it. It's possible that that is it. <laughs> I don't think that it's probable. It's also possible. It's possible, not probable. It's also possible that this is. A, seek, uh, a prequel to the, to <laughs> to the, the lighthouse. lighthouse. I haven't seen the lighthouse yet, but just based on what I have seen of it, it's possible. What that if this it was? Is a... What if it was? It'd be amazing. Only the 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 crows, because in the in the trailer for the lighthouse, don't kill the crows. They they're the the souls of lost seamen and whatever. What if the lost crows semen. were the creatures? Oh my! Hmm. Grasp me at straws here. Um, anyway, that's all I got to say. I'm as done. A, as a bear of cerebral air. Uh, <laughs> if, you are, if you are a fan of like Dante's Inferno or old poetry, or, you know, that kind of stuff, this is... Um, or just like great cinematography. Or great cinematography. This movie looked beautiful. If you're a fan of great cinema, how about that? Cinema. If you're a great... A fan of great cinema. If you're a fan of great and, cinema. And you don't have nefarious intentions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in for an absolute treat. Oh, God. 
Uh, yeah, this it's movie like four weeks just wrapped up into one sentence. <laughs> we didn't even talk about really the visuals of this movie, but like we'll wrap it up with saying it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, like if it really is. if if nothing else, if you don't even care about the narrative or like the 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 undertones of what's going on in the movie, just visually, yeah, it's a really awesome movie to watch the cg well shot this some of the the cg CG was a little dodgy some of it can be but for the most part i actually thought it was pretty good uh the main the main creature um what's her name um and aries and aries she was actually really good the the practical effects on her were fantastic yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah but the man the landscape shots in this movie the waves crashing on the rocks and stuff gorgeous i don't know where they shot this at but it's absolutely beautiful um so so awesome so mm-hmm. i i would definitely recommend checking this one out i thought it was well worth the watch yeah looks like they uh spain and france of course here's something that i pulled off of uh, imdb trivia yeah so apparently this movie was based on a book all right not dante's inferno but like another <laughs> actual book and it says although not mentioned in the movie in the book Friend was a former fighter for the independence of Ireland who, unmotivated by the events of the Western world, decides to escape from society. Independent, like the IRA? IRA, like the Irish... Irish Republican Army? Yeah, could be. I'm not sure. I don't know. I say I haven't read the book. I don't know anything about the book. But apparently that's the backstory of Friend. Who knew? Friend was a former fighter for the independence of Ireland who, unmotivated by events of the Western world, decides to escape from society. Yeah, they do. Like, there's the part in the beginning of the, in the, in the movie, though, where the sea captain says to him, what are you running from? Yeah. He says, nobody ever comes to sea unless they're running from something. Mm-hmm. And it does, it does suggest that, uh, that this movie takes place right at the beginning of one, I think, World War One. Somewhere around there, something yeah. like that. It was nineteen? What was it? Nineteen? Nineteen fourteen? Yeah. When was World War One? I? I have no I, idea. I'm actually I'm not, not sure. Good at, I, I'm not. I suck uh, at history. <laughs> I love history. I'm just not good with dates. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, though. Yeah. I got nothing worth else to the watch, man. I I thought it was such a cool movie. I'd love to go back and watch it again, Absolutely. especially with like kind of what you what you've kind of brought to light about Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. and stuff, and mm-hmm. just relook at it. So uh, this is on Shutter. Yeah, so, Shutter. We it's five bucks a month. Yeah. Just get it. Stop yeah. being stupid. Jeez. Yeah. You know. Just, <laughs> just get Shutter. That's a terrible jingle. This oh, is why. This yeah. is why they don't pay us. This is why they don't pay us. Mike just made us some money. <laughs> right in that jingle. Um, All right. Well, yeah. That's uh, that's it for tonight. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Clearly, you've already found us on almost all major stream. Well, actually, pretty much all major yeah. streaming platforms. Yeah. Uh, if you have any friends that you might think would enjoy the show, please tell them. Share us. Pass with- the word. Hey. Give us a review. Give us a gold star. Send us hate mail. Do something. If you got a friend, share us with your friend. You got a friend in me. We're all about share. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get sexy and talk like we're having a threesome with their friend, and you fucking come in with Randy Newman. (laughs) You got a friend in me. Um, Strange things are happening. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that's it for this week. Next week we got another rousing edition of the 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective. So stay I'm tuned actually for really that. excited to get into the next two. I haven't seen Leatherface uh, Texas Three in a long time, so I'm I'm excited yeah. to revisit that one for sure. Yeah, me too, man. I think I want to say that it goes back more into the the original, you know, like uh, grit and scary, and away from the humor that was Part Two, which was fantastic. It was. I'm just saying. I'm excited to get back into more scary uh, Leatherface. So. Well, hey, bro. Let's, yep. uh, let's do it. And then let's reconvene here next week. Let's do it. Until then, I don't want to see your face. That's fair. Unless I'll, see, you're, unless I'll let you're, you see you tomorrow. Unless you're coming over tomorrow to help me dig a bunch of dirt out of my yard. Sure am. And then All I right. do want to see your face. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Try to have a good night.